Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone worldwide, whether you're listening to us live tonight on Tuesday or you will be catching us on the podcast later on in our archives. We appreciate it. Tonight, I am thrilled to have as our guest on this show a young man from New York named Dean Lambros. Now, if the last name sounds familiar, that's because we had his brother Will on last week. So, Dean, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing well. You ready to talk about your racing career? Yes, sir. Okay, what what started it? How did you get interested in racing? Well, my dad, um, his, his secretary, um, his secretary's husband bought two go-karts for um, his sons. And they tried it out for a week, took a... Um, took the kids to the parking lot while I'm driving around and the kids didn't want to um, go back in it. So my dad found out about this and he bought the two go-karts from his dad's secretary's husband. So we did the same thing and we tried it for a week in the parking lot doing um, ovals around cones and we absolutely adored it. And then we went up to OVRP, Oakland Valley Race Park in upstate New York. Right. And then we just started club racing, and we just fell in love with in love with it since. How old were you when you first drove that go kart, Dean? Five years old. How old are you now? Fourteen. See, I knew that, but I wanted the listeners to know that because I think what I've already read about you is so impressive. But we'll get into that. 
but when and where was the very first race you ever attended? And I assume that was go-karts, right? Yes, sir. That was in Oakland Valley Race Park in Upstate. And when you were five, right? Yes, sir. What do you remember about that race? I remember me panicking, and then when we were on the grid, I fell asleep. And then um, I finished last because I didn't, like, I didn't know how the car was going to go. I was super scared. But as I got used to it, I became a lot more confident. That is just a brilliant admission. You know who used to fall asleep in his race car waiting for the gentleman start your engine's command? Um, no. You ever heard of Richard Petty? Oh, yep. <laughs> he used to do that. Two or three different times he'd be in the car strapped up and fall asleep like nothing. I saw it happen uh, one time at a short track somewhere, but he, he had no qualms about it. But, you know, I think about if I had started trying to race at five years old, I, I don't know what my fear factor would have been because I can't remember at that age. Now, that's when I started attending stock car races but I had no ability to drive or even think about it, even though my uncle kept me in his hot rod doing most of the time. But what what is the most attractive thing about racing to you? What really draws you into it? Um, the speed and how it goes through. I would, when I was little, I always watched YouTube videos, uh, watching the cars go around and around and around every time and what really got me into it was looking at how the Goodyear tires would go around and it would be so satisfying and I just kept on watching NASCAR and watching NASCAR and then I got into how I really wanted to drive and then I followed with my brother with racing So Will kind of led you into it? Did he help you out with any uh, any suggestions any instructions or how, how did that work? Um, I don't know. When I was little, I was more of a train guy, and he was more of cars. And I always would, when he leaves the house, I would run and take his cars and play with them. <laughs> so that really drawed me into how I had a passion for cars and racing. Yeah, I'll tell you. Well, other than being scared in your first race, what special memory might you have of that? Um gang out of the car and watching my dad run up to me. That was the funniest thing I can ever imagine. What happened? Was he excited? Was he scared? <laughs> what was the deal? Um, he did one of the uh, heel claps where where you jump up and you um, hit your heels at the same time. That would be good to put me in the hospital for about a week. <laughs> Yeah, your father, I have spoken with your father. He's an incredibly nice guy. And I really can, I can just imagine him doing that. Because, you know, I always like, if, if I've got anybody under 18, I like to get their parents' permission. And when I talked with your father about Will, he was just so gracious. But, you know, I forgot to call him about you. But I assume since he let me have Will, he would let me have you for a half hour. So Yeah, definitely. I hope that's not a problem. But yep. is there any downside to racing that you see? Is there something about it you simply do not like? Nope, nothing. 
Boy, you're Absolutely right. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know, every time we do these shows on Tuesday night, when I ask that question, every single time, that has been the answer that has been given. And we've done, I guess, 27 or 28 Tuesday night shows now. And it's always the same thing. Absolutely nothing. So I think that is just amazing. And what I was hoping for when we started the Tuesday night show was to have people that are going to keep the future of the sport looking bright. And you're you're right there, right there on it. What other mm-hmm. what other activities do you do outside of racing? Um, I play football. I'm a kicker. Oh, okay. For your high school. Um, middle school, high school, same, kind of the same thing because I'm moving next year into high school. Okay. Comparing football to racing, you know, obviously I think racing takes priority, but comparing the two, which do you think is more demanding athletically? Um, athletically, probably football because there's more stretching and running and conditioning than uh, racing cars. Because racing cars, you really just work out, go to the gym, and you just race car around and around. It's a lot of fun. How how do your friends accept your racing? I mean, your friends in junior high school know you race. How do they accept that? Um, I don't know. They kind of they, we always talk about cars during lunch. So I'm their, like, go-to guy um, speaking about cars and how they, like, if they had to get into racing, what they would what they would go through because, uh, to be where I am. Are any of them interested enough to try that? <laughs> They're all interested. <laughs> it's just a money thing, I guess, it's, would be my guess. All right. Yeah. Now, when you and I were talking pre-show, you were telling me that you run the Mazda Miatas and the Legends cars. So let's talk about these Mazda Miatas first. Tell me about, I know very little about that division, but I'm learning. So tell me as much as you can about what it is, where y'all run, and just generally what the competition's like. Um, We run up uh, at New Jersey Morris Work Park. Um with the NASA, NASA and SCCA. Mm-hmm. And the SCCA has more competition level because there's more cars and more competition. But the NASA's, there's like three three other cars, three or four that will be up front and running with us. So NASA's not as competitive, but once you get to the SCCA, it's all competitiveness. Yeah, I'm sure. I've always heard that about it. What kind of track is that motorsports park? Is it a road course? Um, it's a road course. How long? Um, about two miles, I would guesstimate. That is that is amazing. I love road course racing. I really do. I, I never drove on a road course except in go-karts, but I love to watch it. And I've seen one road course race in person when they were down here in Augusta, Georgia, which they ran that one race in 1963. But, you know, it puts a lot of, I think it takes a lot of talent to run a road course versus a Noble. Do you agree with that? Yes, I totally agree with it. you got to think a lot more. 
All right, when you're running out, how, what's the size of the field? How many cars are you running against? Uh, um, in NASA, there's about 10 cars, 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And then FCCA, I don't know, I haven't, I just got my license for the FCCA, but I haven't run there. Mm-hmm. But watching the uh, championship race at Coda looks like a pretty big field. Well, you know, when I was talking with Will last week, he was lamenting the fact that in New York, you can't even get your learner's permit until you're 16, and yet y'all are out there driving race cars. How, do, how does that feel to have that one foot up on the New York State Driver's License Bureau? Um, people look at me as like more experienced, so if they let their friends drive their car for the first time, they'll let me go first just because I have the experience. Mm-hmm. But I think it helps a lot with us driving on the road, but I, I, um, I agree with my mom that driving on a road is totally different from racing cars. Your you got to look at a lot more. Your mom is very wise because that is so very true. So to give your mom a round of applause because she deserves it for that. You know, over... Thank you. I, I get so frustrated driving on the highways these days because there are so many people that do not pay attention to what they're doing. You would be amazed, and maybe you have it in New York, but you'd be amazed to pull up beside somebody on the interstate and they're sitting over there texting and driving. They've got their phone up on the steering wheel and they're texting and driving. And I can't count the number of people that have run stop signs and red lights in front of me. And some of them, mm-hmm. I just, I wonder how I even miss hitting them. And it's just, just that crazy. But what is it about the Mazda Miatas that really, that really draw you into it, Dean? How close they race together and like, how I don't know. With the Miatas, they're so fun to just wing around and have a lot of fun with it. Because you can wing them around the corners really fast. I bet. They look kind of uh, racy just sitting still. How many races in that division have you run? Um, hold on, let me count. Fine. About two so far since I had the car. Well, being 13 at the time, most most tracks didn't let me race, but only one at Lime Rock. Mm-hmm. So, in those two races, like what? Where did you start and where did you finish? Um, the first race that I went to was at Sebring, and I started fifth and finished fourth Great. out in the rain. I'm just amazed, right. man! You're amazing me here, Dean. That Sebring you went and raced. Yep. Man, you're coming along. That is coming along. Well, you know, the thing about it, when you're driving one of those Miatas and you're coming up past somebody, say, you're coming up on the road course and they give you enough room, the inside, the outside, which one are you going to take? Inside. You always have to go to the inside. Do you think there's a possibility you're going to slide up and hit him? Um, slightly, but not that hard not that hard when the other competitors that you race against what are their ages approximately uh, around 40 
the youngest one was, I think, 17 or 16. So what did they think about having you at 14 years of age out there really being competitive with them? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Me and Will uh, have, like, a nickname around the garage sometimes as the uh, the Power Rangers okay. for some reason. But with age, they think I'm like a toddler compared to them. <laughs> oh, boy, that is descriptive. I can just see that being the toddler toddler all right let's go to the legends cars because i have been exposed to them quite often up at charlotte what do you do in the legend cars and when do you race them and where do you race them um where do we race them we race them at um charlotte morris speedway riverhead bethel um i think bethel's yeah bethel's upstate um Florida at um, Citrus County Speedway, all around Texas, Vegas. So you all travel. We can find you travel a great deal, then, Dean, right? Yes. And you love that part of it. Oh, I think it's so cool. Man, I like that. Just, just being out of school is kind of it. Kind of gives a little bragging rights because my friends always in like get mad when I'm out and jealous but every time when I'm in school and they get pulled out for a day I'm always like disappointed I'm like why can't I couldn't been out <laughs> well let me ask you how does the school just let you if obviously if you go into Sebring and the school lets you out for what half, half a week three days minimum uh a little more than that I'm last year in seventh grade the total days I was out was 53 and the school was and okay I passed with that? math with this. Yeah, I just passed math with the uh, 66. So even if I pass, they're fine with it. But if I don't, they'll just throw me into summer school and I'll figure it out myself. So you're not that good in math? Well, the last year's teacher was, I got to admit, terrible. But if she's watching, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I... She would just ramble on about, like, about something that I wouldn't pay attention to. Mm. And then at the last five minutes of class, she would actually get on topic, and I would learn nothing. Well, the reason I ask that especially is I am the world's worst in math. I mean, it, it's, there's no way I've, I have to have a calculator for everything. And in math, when I was in school, I was lucky to ever get out of school because of the man. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But, you know, when you do you think that you apply math to racing? Is there any math you apply to that? I'm just saying that as a hypothetical because, you know, teachers are always saying, you're going to need this one day. Yeah, I know. They always tell me that. I'm like, when does this apply to racing? Yeah, I guess we'll find out. When you find out, will you call me and let me know? I would love to know. All right, let's go back to the Legends cars. What is the difference in, in subscribe, describe to the listeners the difference in driving a Legends car versus the Mazda Miata, which I imagine is like night and day? Oh, my God. Legends and Mazdas are totally different. They're like two different worlds. Legends is more compact and tinier and there's so much torque coming out of the corners you would just spin the tires and you think you're doing formula drift hmm. and Mazda's just you get on the gas and it feels like forever but Legends you go around a track at like 14 seconds and you go through a 30 minute lap with no cautions and it feels like 5 minutes really? but yeah but with the um but the steering and like how loose it is and the time of shifting, I think the Legend cars will beat the Mazda Miatas. Well, that's amazing because the Legends cars are running off of, aren't they on motorcycle engines or something? Yeah, they're 1250cc Yamaha jackbike motors. Yamaha, yeah. I thought I'd heard that before. Well, what number do you run in Legends? 17. Okay, any particular significance to that? Um, it was my mom's birthday, and, and I don't know, it was my first number that I actually came to love, and had, like, if someone took it in, uh, let's say, school, I would try and convince them to change it, change the number so I can be 17, but ju- just saying, um, like, about having my mom's birthday at 17, I did it because of her. Yeah. That's quite a compliment. That really is. What's your football number, by the way? Um, still 17. Man, you got the 17 down. That is pretty good. All right, what are your plans for the future, Dean? Are you planning? I know you've got a lot of school to go through, but are you planning a future in racing or in business, or what are you planning on? Um, in racing, I would like to get to like a level that I can pay for myself and live happily and race for the rest of my life. But if racing doesn't work out, I'm gonna um, take business class, go to college, and learn economics so I can run my dad's business. Well, if you're learning economics, let's let's back that up. If you're racing, you're already learning economics. Although I don't imagine that you are paying financially for it. I imagine that's coming from sponsors and from your family would be my guess. Uh, probably, yes. All right. If you had another young racer, let's, let's talk about another young racer, 14, 15, 16 years old, came to you for advice in either the Mazdas or in the Legends cars, what would you tell them? How would you instruct them or what, what would you go about helping them with their future? Um, with the Mazas, I would tell them to be really smooth and 
don't grind it from second to third because I have many times that I miss many shifts going to second to third. And just be like smooth and calm. And with the legends, I would tell them also be, to be smooth and calm. But you got to be really cautious of how close to the wall you are, where where people are. Because some, I, don't, I barely look in my mirrors. And then when I'm, let's say, in second, I'm always looking at them. Are, do you have spotters? Um, no. So you're running strictly on your rearview mirror and your windshield? Yes. And you don't have spotters in Legends cars either, I guess? No. Well, that puts an awful lot on you as a driver. Now, when you come down and run Charlotte, I happen to know from the couple of times I've been up there for Legends race, there, are, it seems to me, to be hundreds of Legends cars. They come down to there. Oh. Is that still the case? Um, yes. I would say there would be more legend car competitors coming uh, with the different classes. Because people from all around, just even Canada, people from Canada would even come down and race at the INX Legends Nationals or whatever race. But there's a lot of people. Yeah, well, I've heard when I, it's been probably, I'm thinking five years, maybe six years since I was at Charlotte for a couple of Legends races, and I just knew the the fields were very, very, very large, and it seemed to me very competitive. And I think what really amazed me, and you can go on and expand on this, the number of cars they had out on that track at one time, there were very few accidents. Now, how do you justify that, or how do you explain that? Um, I tell right now, I would tell that that's a total lie because there's now a lot of wrecks and a lot of oil on the track that takes just forever. Even 25 laps would feel like two hours just sitting in the car in like 100 degrees and I'm just dying and baking in there. I feel like <laughs> I'm getting a suntan. Well, the thing about that is, I guess, what, what, uh, are the average age of the drivers in those legend cars because the ones I've run into events that I do uh, like the past one I did Motorfest up in Charlotte last Friday the legend drivers seem to be in the 13, 14, 15 age category is that what you're encountering? Uh, yeah there's I raced against even a 12 year old mm-hmm. which he, he was it was off there, but he was kind of like immature, knowing where he would be. So he would try and uh, he he won't look at it in his mirrors, and he would get taken out. Hmm. How many legend races have you run in, Dean? Um, I raced for two years, maybe. Um, I don't know, a lot. You got any trophies? A lot. Well, eh, not a lot. A decent, decent amount. Decent amount. That's good. I never won a trophy for anything but music, and I had to buy that for a quarter from a yard sale. So <laughs> that is pretty good. But I am very impressed. When I talked to Will, when we had him on last week, and we were talking to him, and he mentioned you, and, and I even asked him, did he think that you would want to be on the show? And he said yes. And then I was, 
pleasant a conversation as I had with your dad, I knew that I had stumbled into a family that really loves racing and really knows how to support each other in doing it. Now, does your mother go to the track with you all? Um, not really. She would more, mostly help stay at home with our schoolwork and help us out there. But when we're doing in school and we can afford to take off a couple points off our average, we would definitely bring her every time if we can. Yeah, because I just think, you know, when, I, when we had Will on last week and was talking about it, it, and he indicated that she was a very vital part to what y'all do in racing, but I, I forgot to ask him if she actually attended the races or not. But that, you know, the whole family support system seems to be there for you, and I think that is an incredibly important part of anything you do in racing. Uh, yeah, it is really an important part. She's like, she's the key to the car, basically. Oh, so if we're is, not doing well in school, we're, we can't go. You ought to be a philosopher on the side, you know. You ought to come up with things. That was, that was pretty good. That was well stated. Okay, do you have any sponsors that you want to recognize tonight while we're broadcasting worldwide? Um, Skip Arbor Racing School. And they... And, uh, and my dad's company, uh, William Dean Platinum and Pressament. Now, uh, William Dean Platinum, what is... What is that? Um... Uh, my dad makes jewelry. Like, oh. wedding bands and necklaces. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that. That is fascinating. I mean, that takes a lot of talent. Okay, is there anybody special, any one person or two people or four people that you want to give a special shout-out to? Um, my parents, my mom and dad, my brother Will, uh, Anthony DeMonte, and both grandparents and, and a lot of cousins. And they all come to your races or they support you? just by being back up for you? Yep. They um, they mainly watch uh, on the broadcast on Facebook Live. All right. Now, tell me about that. On Facebook Live, they tell me that you can watch these races, but I can't seem... I, my technical knowledge, Dean, is zip. I'm worse with technology than I am with math. But how do you come across... How do I find these races... On Facebook Live. Um, you have to follow certain people. Like um, my cousins and grandparents follow um, Legends Nation. Mm-hmm. And then they would go live either on their website or their um, Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. And they will link it together. So even if they're uh, on one broadcast show, they're really doing two at the same time. All right, when's the next time you come into Charlotte? Um, probably the summer shootout. Okay. I'll have to put that on my calendar and see if I can get up there and meet you guys. We'll be we coming with you, I suppose, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, what is important to you that we haven't discussed? What have we left out that you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. 
not really sure. Well, you've covered a lot. We have covered a lot. It's been a lot of fun for me to sit here and listen to you talk about your racing career, and I can see for both you and Will, in whatever you decide to do, you've got the the support behind you, plus you have the ambition and the passion and desire to do it, and that's all important all the way around. And being the age I am and looking back on where you are now and where you have the capability of going, I have a lot of faith in you, Dean, a lot of faith in Will as well, because it's like I told him last week, you can almost feel the passion coming through my headset here for what you have for racing, and I think that always has a lot to do with what you accomplish, whether it's racing or, or whatever it is. You know, the passion that you have for it, and I'm sure you feel that, right? Mm-hmm. 110%. 110%. Well, I'm getting ready to let you go since we've talked you out, but I do want you to stay in touch with me because I want to know how your season is going. And sometime I will. Later, I'm sorry, go ahead. I said I will. Oh, okay. And then sometime later in the summer, maybe right before summer shootout or right after, I might like to get you and Will on both on the same show and just generally discuss how your season has been in both divisions that you run and whatever he does too, and we can talk about that. I would like to do that because I think y'all two can really, really put out the feelings to the other people that racing's got a secure future ahead of it because of people and youth like you all. Uh, yeah, I can't. I really can't wait until we would do that. All right. Well, you just plan on it. We'll be in touch with it. But, Dean, I thank you so much. It has been wonderful having you on. And just tell Will that we are planning to put the two of you on there later in the summertime, and we'll just get it all ironed out that night. How about that? I think that's amazing. Okay, Dean. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and a pleasure having you on. Tell your dad I said hello and thank him for me for allowing us to have both you and Will on the show. Now, this show will be archived. After it goes off, I've got another segment that comes on after you that takes about 35 minutes. When that goes off, the show will be archived. And all you have to do is Google The Racing Spotlight, and it will pull it up, and you can click on it. You can have your friends listen to it. You can listen to it. If you want to hear what you sounded like, you hear what Will sounded like, you know, we'd love to have you do that. And just spread the word that we're looking for young racers. If you know any that might want to get on the show, just tell them to get in touch with me. You have my phone number, and they're certainly welcome to call. Okay? All right. All right, my friend. You have a good night, good week, good luck in the racing, and we'll talk again this summer. All right. All right, Dean. Have a good night. Have a good night. You too, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, we've got a couple of minutes before I'll be able to bring Cody on. He seems to be working on some kind of project tonight, so we'll do that before we get him on the air, though I do want to say, you know, Indianapolis did a good job paying tribute to Memorial Day and to our country and to our fallen servicemen. They did a good job, but as we were watching the Indy pre-race show, I said to a 
friend of mine that we were discussing back and forth on Facebook. I said, that's a great job, but you just wait till they get to Charlotte. You wait and see what NASCAR does. And I think from the time that pre-race came on, I was amazed at how NASCAR and the patriotism that we have in NASCAR and all that the servicemen and women mean to the NASCAR fans that support them. When they play the national anthem at a NASCAR event, the fans are standing up. They've got their hands over their hearts. Even little Cash Boyer, if you watch him, he is so cute when they play the national anthem. And he puts that hand over his heart, and he's standing at attention. And he knows how old is he, maybe six, I guess. But his daddy and mama taught him right. But I think what NASCAR did was fantastic in the pre-race show. Everything about it, all the honor to our fallen servicemen everywhere and having the names on the windshields, that was just amazing. But I'm telling you what, it absolutely choked me up when they stopped those cars halfway through the race on pit road. And there was not a sound. A hundred thousand people in those grandstands and everybody in the pits. I, I could not believe not a sound. And I even turned my volume up on the TV to think that maybe my sound's gone out. But folks, that's why NASCAR, in, in my opinion, is the number one sport for America because we know, we NASCAR fans, every single one of us, know that we support this country, we support our military, we support our flag, and we are patriots. And I just love what NASCAR did at Charlotte on Sunday. And I, you know, I hope, well, it's always that way because I think all of our pre-race shows when they have the flyovers and everything else, but a big discussion that was going on on social media today was if the NFL doesn't do that, obviously they don't do that. The NFL can't find the way out of a one-door house. But they said something, the big discussion was going on with Major League Baseball and how they honor America with the seventh inning stretch. Uh, that's kind of, in my book, that's kind of stretching it because I don't know what they do in the seventh inning stretch that could possibly be anything close to what Charlotte did. But I wanted to mention that, especially after I've had the embarrassment of going through a pastor or a preacher at the church I attended for 20-something years, refusing to let the flag cover the casket of a veteran at the funeral. He made the funeral director remove it before they could bring the casket into sanctuary. He made the family remove the portrait of their deceased loved one because he was in his military uniform. So we haven't been to the church since all that stuff happened. He ignored Veterans Day. He ignored Memorial Day. He just, it was nothing. But he leaves that church in two weeks and we'll be able to go back to hopefully a preacher that knows what it's like to respect America like NASCAR respects America. And I hope all of you all out there listening supports that. Now I know we've got people listening around the world and to all of y'all, we appreciate that and we know that you're each as dedicated to your country as we Americans are to ours. But I think we have a little bit of divisiveness in our country that I hope you don't have in yours. But when it comes down to the whole patriotism part of it, we have got it together when it comes 
to NASCAR. And I think that's because it came from the roots from which it arose out of the southern, I guess mostly Appalachian area when it got started. So, I don't know. I, I don't know how you folks feel about it. But I was just blown away when they stopped that race. But if you think back a couple of years ago, or three years ago maybe, when the race got rained out on Sunday, you know, it's a tradition at 3 o'clock on Memorial Day, the Monday of Memorial Day, that we observe a moment of silence. Do you remember in that World 600 race that NASCAR brought all the cars around, stopped them on the start-finish line, and once again, total silence. Total silence with 100,000-something people in the stands. That was just amazing that they would do that. So... Bravo to NASCAR, bravo to all our troops that defend our country, and special memories out to all those who gave what everybody calls the ultimate sacrifice. And I sometimes wonder, when these 19 and 20-year-olds go into the military, are they thinking they may make the ultimate sacrifice? Obviously in the 40s, yep, that was the way it was. But, you know, we just... I don't know. It was so touching to me. All right, let me see if I can get... I know you're tired of listening to me, folks, so let me see if I can get Cody pulled up here and see what he wants to talk about tonight. So, I've got to find his little number, and I am just... But I was getting a little bit choked up there talking about that because this country means so much to me, and our flag means so much to me, and that's things that people have got to understand about America that a true patriot, we're going to honor that flag. Okay, we're waiting on Cody to answer. We'll see what happens here. Reach the voicemail box of 7709. Well, let me cover so you don't have to listen to it. Okay, now let me try it again. I don't know. We have a lot of problems. With, uh, I don't know exactly why Cody has such a connection problem, except I know he's up in the... Uh, have reached the voicemail box. Here we go again. All right, 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 stop it. At the top. All right, we're not going to give up on Cody because I know he has got a lot to say about what went on this week. So let me try him one more time, and if he doesn't answer, I promise I will not go into another soliloquy to tie up your evening any more than that, but let me try him and see if we can get him this time. Tell you, I appreciate y'all's patience out there. You know, this is fun. I love it. But a little aggravating things like this, I don't care about too much. Hello, Tim. Well, hello, Cody. How are you, sir? I'm good, and apologies for uh, ignoring the call again. I just have the worst luck with answering calls here lately. Well, did you get your little project finished, or am I interrupting that? No, I can finish later. Oh, okay. All right. But well, I appreciate it, though. 
Yeah, well, no problem. I gave you some extra time. I just ran my mouth, and everybody is throwing all kinds of things at their computer because they didn't want to hear all that. But, oh, okay. <laughs> what, whatever. Uh, do you have anything to talk about? Obviously, this weekend was boring. Well, you know, it's. Uh, I got to say, I from from the racing bit I saw, I I really enjoyed myself, and uh, I watched probably eighty percent of the Indy Five Hundred. Um, I watched from the start up until uh, like lap 130, and then I saw the last, uh, I think, 15 laps um, from a friend's house. And I tell you what, I'm not an IndyCar guy. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people are, but I think it's like with the Kentucky Derby. You know, the the Derby, you get people that know nothing about horses or, or betting or anything, but they're going to watch the Kentucky Derby. Same thing with football. You get people yeah. to watch the Super Bowl that know absolutely nothing about football, myself included. Um, but, you know, if if they are at a friend's house or something like that, they're going to watch the Super Bowl, and, you know, that's that. Same thing with Indy 500. I think with a lot of uh, just car people, um, they're going to tune into the Indy 500. They may not know anybody. They may not know a lot of the rules. They may not watch regularly. Um, but they're probably going to watch it. That's what that's I'm kind of in that same boat. So, um, you know, for the racing I saw, I really enjoyed it myself, uh, especially the last 10 laps. I think the last 10 laps is one of the most exciting racing I've seen all year, maybe in the last couple of years. Uh, and I say that because it's unlike NASCAR, not only because of the speed, but you know, the leader would get, um, let's say seven tenths of a second ahead of, of second place. And within a lap, I mean, maybe even a turn, second place would reel him back in, and he'd be right there at two-tenths of a second. Oh, yeah. now, I know in NASCAR, that's not going to happen. I know in NASCAR that if the leader gets seven-tenths of a second ahead, it's probably going to take two laps, maybe, of hard driving from second place in order to catch up. Whereas in, in IndyCar, I mean, it was like, you know, in turn one, seven-tenths of a second lead, uh, you know, come out of four, you know, they might even already had a lead change. It was just so exciting. You had several lead, lead changes right there in the last couple of laps, and uh, I didn't know who was going to win. You know, I um, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about IndyCars or the drivers. Um, it seems like the drivers have been there kind of like NASCAR long enough for me to recognize some drivers. I understand that, you know, the Penske, that the Penske guys are some of the best in Indy right now, um, and that was, golly, that was... How many Indy 500s does Roger Penske have now? I don't, 18. I don't know what this one was. 18. 18. Yeah. Golly. So, yeah, it, uh, that is just incredible. And uh, so um, Penske, Penske is an impressive organization if you look all across the board. If you look at NASCAR, yeah, I mean, they've won how many races this season? Three with Keselowski. Yeah, um, one with the just won once. Yeah. Uh, the championship last year. And, you know, they look, you look at, I mean, Daytona 500, which is obviously just one for now, uh, Southern 500, um, you know, and then you look over to the IndyCar side and how many championships have they won, how many Indy 500s have they won. You look into uh, IMSA, sports car racing, they run Acuras, and they've got the best of the best drivers to race their cars, and they do very well in those. And then in, in Rallycross, Rallycourse, rally driving. Um, I mean, they are just 
one of the most dominant teams, I think, in any sort of motorsport you can possibly think of. And I think the only thing that they're not in is probably F1. And uh, who's to say that won't happen in the future? I don't know. But Roger Penske definitely, I think, is one of the most impressive team owners in all of motorsports when you look at all of his stats over the last 50-some-odd years. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, as far as me and Andy, I started listening to it on the uh, radio back when Andy Granatelli brought those Novi's in. I don't think it was televised then. But I listened to it because I'd read all about these Novi turbines, whatever. So then when it first started coming on TV, I started watching it. And it was kind of like, you know, it's pretty interesting, but I don't really have a dog in this fight, but I'll watch it. And now over the last probably eight years or so, Mm -hmm. I try try my best to watch it from start to finish every year. And I'll tell you, that Paginot was driving. (laughs) Man, I don't know how in the world he kept that car in line some of the times because they were going, what, 230? Mm. I think 220 down in the straights. But, I mean, it was some of the most impressive driving I've seen in a long time. So it was definitely exciting. Uh, I know for me, I never grew up watching IndyCar racing. I think a lot of the previous generations grew up with IndyCars, especially up north. You know, uh, oh, yeah. my grandfather is from New York, and his dad, which would be my great-grandpa, which I never met, um, he went, gosh, it was like every year from 46 to, I don't know, sometime in the early 90s or something when he quit going, and he went every single year consecutively. And uh, so, I mean, obviously up north that was a huge thing because i don't think stock cars was as um affluent to the northern side of the states as it is in the southern side of course you had your uh your indy cars which which turned into uh the modifieds and the sprints and the open wheel modifieds which they still run today up north whereas you know i i think down here in the south the stock car racing was the most popular back then because it was something that they could afford because the big cars, any cars, they were more of a, a wealthy man's sport. So, you know, it, it's interesting to know where your, where your indie fan comes from and, you know, what kind of what their background and how they can relate to it. But I tell you what, that is the, the Indy 500 is the single most watched sporting event in, I don't know about the world, but I know definitely the United States, over 300,000 people in attendance. That just blows my mind. Yeah, I'll tell you, but you know, the TV ratings came out, and Indy was up 15% over last year. I don't know what last year's was. Wow. NASCAR, 15%. the World 600, was up 8% over last wow. year's, and they had a good crowd in the stands, I thought, too. So, you know, our sport is coming back. It, it Yeah. You know, thanks to Jim France and everything he's putting behind it now, is coming back, and I can't see anything but going up like you and I have talked about week after week after week. It is looking more and more promising as time goes by. I even heard today, I don't know how much truth it is to this, but there are a lot of people within the Dodge division that wants to get Dodge back in NASCAR. Oh, wow. Well, I I haven't heard that, but I definitely don't doubt it. Not one bit. You know, with as good as I, I think in 2012, even though they won the championship, you know, they, they made the decision um, early in the year, mid-year to pull out um, after 13. Uh, 
so I think it just kind of made sense at the time. You know, it was a different NASCAR than it is today. Yeah. But I think today, especially seeing what is the potential for the next couple of seasons uh, and beyond, I th- I think it would be a smart move to jump back in the game. I don't I don't know if they will or not. I think it depends a lot on as well. You got to think about. Um. Just think think for a second. The Charger. Um. The Charger has been in production for since 2005. So you. We'll, we'll just say 2004 to build year, the 2005 model year. And you think back from when they initially um, re brought back in the Charger just to production, not just NASCAR, and think how much that has changed since 2005 to 2020. Yeah, they're they're different, but in in the end, it's still just about the same car. It's the same platform. It's a very old car. So. My question would be, if Dodge is serious about coming back into the sport, what car would they run? Challenger. Would they run a Challenger? Challenger, um, yeah. Because that, that makes sense. Yeah, it goes right with the Mustang Camaro and all. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, the, the point I'm, I'm making is, you know, I think that, that the Challenger, just on the Detroit production side, is due for a refresh. You know, they've been running the same body. Well, the same very minor changes since like 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they were to jump into NASCAR for 2020 or 21, they would probably have to um, be already in the in the redesign stages uh, for the car side before they say, "Here's what we're going to run for NASCAR." I don't know if that makes sense or not, but um, you know, I just I just see them probably doing a redesign of the production cars in the next couple of years, and that would make a big factor of what they would do on the racing side. Right, I agree, and I think, you know, they probably, they wouldn't have to make a whole lot of changes to make it comparable to what the Mustang is today. I I think that's going to be a great thing. Now, whether or not Toyota's going to bring Supra into the cup division, I don't know. I think they're rather stupid-looking cars, but I think that about most Toyotas. But, you know, (laughs) when they... My next-door neighbor has a Dodge Challenger, a one-year-old Dodge Challenger. And when he fires up in the morning, my bedroom is right next to his carport. And when he fires that thing up in the morning, my curtains rattle as he takes off down the road. But uh, I would love to to see Dodge come back in it. NASCAR is talking about the possibility of four different makes coming in, four new different makes coming in. And, of course, we talked last week about the rumor that uh, Andretti and Petty are going to come back with the Honda car. And, of course, Volkswagen wants into it. Nissan apparently wants to come into it. Or or at least that's the talk. But like Randy, right. Randy Byers always tell me, don't repeat gossip. Randy, if you're listening, don't hit me for that because I try to do better. But I'm really excited no. to, to see about what's going to come down next year. Well, I think the other question we'd have to ask ourselves is uh, you'd have to look a lot at IMSA. You know, IMSA, they, there may be, and you know, they have a bunch of manufacturers, a bunch of different classes. Um, let, let's just take Porsche, okay? You've got a Porsche factory team. That, there's, two, there's two cars that run under the Porsche factory banner, um, and they, they are the Porsche cars. There may be some other... Um, teams that may run under an independent or maybe a um, 
a privateer owner, uh, and they may also run a Porsche, but they're not going to be the flagship team. Now, what, what the point I'm getting at is that if you get six or seven different manufacturers in, you've got to think to yourself that some of these teams, let's just take Ford. Ford right now has got Penske, Stuart Haas, front row, okay? Um, and uh, the Wood Brothers, and which is a satellite of Penske. So who, um, you know, obviously they're not going to keep all of those, all those cars. So what would they do? Would you have one team um, kind of have a, a flagship operation under, I don't know if you're following what I'm saying or not, but, you know, in other words, Ford may only choose to have one team. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I, you know be, that's what, interesting yeah, that's what Chrysler did back in whatever year it was that they pulled all their backing from all those different teams and put the backing behind the Petty Enterprises for Buddy Baker and Richard, and that was all they had. But it right. could be what you're talking about. They may pull one flagship team in, but if Ford Motor Company does that, who are they going to choose? Roger Penske, Stuart Haas? Or the Wood Brothers, you know who who would they but choose? But then that also that also, that would also open the door for somebody else. Let's just say Honda or Nissan or whomever to jump on board with somebody else. Let's just say that Ford picked um, Penske and Nissan offers Stuart Haas just an incredibly ridiculous deal uh, that they wouldn't they would you know be stupid not to take. Much like they did with Ford a couple years ago. And that being said. They're a flagship team right now for Ford. Who's to say that it's going to take a long time to work out the kinks with Nissan, just per se? Because I mean, it's going to be a new car, a new engine, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It'll be de- it'll be definitely interesting. I don't know how many manufacturers would actually come in. I would expect two personally. Um, you got three. I know there's been you know a lot of rumors of of different ones, but I just think no more than two right now, honestly. Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, you know, you got a good point there of two coming in, and I'm thinking if that's the case, it's going to be Dodge and Honda. It could be. I mean, there's there's so many out there. It's, you know, I think the, out of the, the ones listed, they probably have the best performance track record. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I'm wondering when we're going to get more information on the uh, 2020 or the 21 cars and rules and all that kind of stuff. Cause I'm sure it's coming soon. Um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we see something in the V6 power range. Uh, really? I wouldn't. I mean, there's so many cars nowadays that are V6 that can well outperform a V8. Um, I think it would be m- more cost effective. That's for sure to run a V6. It's just a matter of, um, would they be implementing that? I mean, think about the, I'll give you a quick little Ford lesson. Um, the 3.5 liter EcoBoost. It's a V6. It's a twin turbo. That's what they run in cars like the running the F-150, the Taurus. They might run the Fusion. I don't know. Um, but they run in a lot of street cars. And, um, you know, they, they make a respectable 365 horsepower. Um, they also run the same engine in the Ford GT which has over 650 horsepower. It's the same engine. It's just tuned a lot differently. Um, now, to me, I think that's really cool that I could own 
a car that has the same or at least a similar engine that runs in the Ford GT supercar. Um, whereas what they run now, it's it's still a traditional 358 cubic inch fuel injected, much like they've been running for the last 30 years. Um, you can't get a 358. Uh, I mean, they, they just don't produce them. You can buy a Ford Crate engine for twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and then be somewhat similar, but you cannot get anything with a a similar engine. I think the closest thing you can get would be in the you know one of the Mustangs, um, you know the five zero or the five point two liter. Mm-hmm. But it's radically different from what they run in NASCAR. So I would think, just an opinion that if they're going to do something radically different, make it more fan-friendly, put the cars back like they used to be, at least in some aspect, they would probably turn to running V6s as it resembles a lot of what is in modern production cars today. Well, you know, the V6s in racing are really putting out a lot of horsepower and a lot of speed in other forms of racing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we know that for a fact. We know they can do that. And it's just, I wonder what is going to happen. But I think that NASCAR is on the right track, and there are so many changes. But if you read the rumor mills, if you keep up, you don't even have to stay on social media, on Facebook to to get them. Just go to some of the Yahoo News sites or some of the others, and there's so many rumors out there about who's going to be running what, who's going to bring what, and what NASCAR is going to do for 2020, and then what they're going to do for 2021. It, it is amazing if the people with the imagination to come up with these rumors had the imagination to put any of them into actual productivity. I mean, we would yeah. have some hell of a racing going on somewhere. <laughs> now, real quick, I just want to, I want to touch real quick on... Charlotte, you, you talk about racing. You don't have and to touch on it quick because I won't talk about Charlotte. <laughs> I didn't get to watch the full thing. I did. Um, I was celebrating Memorial Day with with some good friends of mine, and um, you know, by the time I got in my truck, I turned to the radio. I believe there was just about a hundred laps to go. So I thought, all right, I still got some time. By the time I got home, I think there was sixty or fifty to go on TV. So I got to see a little bit of it. Um, you know, from what I saw, it, it was sort of like the all-star race. I mean, there was some good passing. Um, I, I can't speak for the for the first, you know, three quarters of it. Um, when I tuned in, Chase was leading, and I was very impressed because Charlotte hasn't been historically the best for Chase. No. Um, so when I saw he was leading, you know, I was pretty excited for that. Um, as far as, I mean, Martin Truex, just in the last couple of years, out of nowhere, has become the the ringleader of Charlotte Motor Speedway. I mean, he is becoming this decade's Jimmy Johnson uh, from what he was last year, or last decade Jimmy Johnson was. Um, which, speaking of Johnson, all four um, Hendrick cars finished in the top ten, which that's the first in a long time. You know, it's been a, it's been a while since, you know, they've been running that good consistently for the whole race. You know, Bowman was doing great. Chase led several laps. Um, yeah, Byron was was hanging in there with Johnson, I believe, finishing eighth or ninth. Um, so, I mean, from what I saw, and like I said, I didn't get to see the entire thing experience as much as I did for Indy. Um, but from what I saw, it was a a interesting race. I mean, 
you know, I thought Truex was kind of going to run away with it, and we I didn't really know how the last restart would would affect it. You know, but he just happened to hold everybody off, and uh, you know, I I thought from what I saw, it was a it was a good race. Yeah, I tend to agree that it was a good race. I didn't like the outcome, but I thought the racing was good. They had several times they were four abreast. Many, many times they were three abreast and racing and changing. Well, like Chase went from first to ninth in a matter of a couple of laps. I haven't quite oh, figured yeah. out how he pulled that one off yet. But Well, I mean, it's just like in the All-Star race. It, it was like there, it, it looked like it was Talladega out there. By the way, the, the leader could jump from, from first to 15th and one lap. I mean, cause they were, they were drafting, which is something I've never seen on a mile and a half. Well, they didn't have the same package as you know, as they had in the all-star yeah, race. Yeah. And I think if they had had that same package, they had in the all-star race, we would have had a much better 600, but you missed the oh, part. You missed the part where they paid honor to the fallen troops. Didn't you? I'd missed it, but I saw a video of it and okay. I, I could not believe it. You know, I I had heard that there was something like that was going to happen, but just like you said with all the rumors, I didn't know if that was an actual fact or you know what was going to happen with that. But I was honestly I was shocked, but I was very proud of it, and uh, that's something I wasn't expecting to see. And that was just something really got goosebumps from. Um, you know, you watch that and you realize that all those hundreds of thousands of people just stopped. Yeah. And that, that was that was something. I don't even feel like the, you know, the, the national anthem is that quiet. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's hard to tell when they're talking for the anthem, but uh, it was just something I could not believe that happened, and it just made me really proud Choked of me what up. that was, and 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 proud of proud of that NASCAR is probably one of the only, if not the only, sports. That acknowledge our military and our armed forces um, and all that kind of stuff more so than than other people. I, I'll tell you, um, you know, th- this has, you know, not to get too off topic, but I went to a different sort of motorsport event. I won't say what it is, but I went to a different motorsport event uh, back first of the month in May. It was a completely different crowd from what I'm used to. Different fans, different cars, um, just whole different you know but it was something different um they did say the national anthem but they didn't say an invocation and i'm like man that's just that's weird um because yeah. even even for the non-religious people you know i'm not going to get into that uh religious or non-religious it most national sporting events do something like that even if it's a moment of silence but i think nascar is probably the only sport around that honors the military that honors our country, um, you know, just all that stuff. And it makes me proud to be a NASCAR fan. Me too, Cody. Me too. It choked me up when they did that Sunday night. I mean, it was just one of those things that, man, that's my sport. This is my country. That's my sport. And I love it so much. And I was glad to see that happen. But to have that many people, Cody, I told people right before you came on, I turned the volume up in my TV because I thought something had happened to the sound, because there was not a peep, nothing. Yeah. You know, and it yeah, was, just, was just amazing. very, very shocked. All right, um, I need... That, I, and, 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 and go ahead, go ahead. I, I need to know, what is the seventh inning stretch in baseball? 
Uh, I've only ever been to one in that baseball game, but that is the during they have nine innings supposed to. They can go over if it you know keeps going back and forth. And during the seventh inning, there is a break. You can go to the uh, snack bar, whatever. You've got a short break. You so, know, like what, intermission. Yeah. You know what I was told today on social media when I was bragging about NASCAR in Charlotte. Well, Major, Major League Baseball does that. It's called the seventh inning stretch. And I fell, I fell out of my chair laughing at the audacity of this idiot, pardon my <laughs> language, to, to bring something like, like that, seventh inning stretch my butt. You know, it's, yeah. it's just that kind of thing that boils me, just really does. Because they're the ones that say, race drivers aren't athletes, okay? What was the temperature up there Sunday night? Let's not get into that because I'll go on all night. Back to you, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> well... One of my other favorite things about the 600, uh, that and the firecracker races, uh, well, soon to not be next year. I keep forgetting that. It's going to take a big adjustment to, what is it, Indy's going to be on July 4th weekend? Yeah, right? Indy. Indy will be, yeah. So we're coming up to the final firecracker 400, which is one change I'm not looking forward to. But it'll be different. Uh, the point, I'm, point I was making is that you know, NASCAR does a great job with allowing patriotic paint schemes. And, you know, I saw a rundown of top 10, and every single car, minus Chase Elliott, and for some reason Napa didn't do a patriotic scheme this year. They they always are a sponsor that welcomes the patriotic schemes. And you think back to Chase, Truex, um, Michael Walter, they all always had a red, white, and blue car around the, the national holidays. Um, regardless, though, his car is red, um, not red, uh, <laughs> white and blue, so I guess I can kind of give him uh, a pass on that since it kind of already is a patriotic-looking car. But every car, minus the number nine in the top ten, uh, had a patriotic paint scheme. So, some sort of red, white, and blue on there somewhere, except for Jimmy Johnson. He ran that um, the military camo. Yeah. You know, but just that's something very cool as well how they you know allow these teams and drivers and sponsors to collaborate and honor the military honor our country honor our members of armed forces and it's just something really cool i always enjoy seeing that every year boy brad keselowski had one that was patriotic oh yeah brad keselowski is is a true patriot yes he is yes he is Mm -hmm. but anyway uh on next week we're on to pocono number one so that'll be, uh, you know, I, I've i never been a huge uh, Pocono fan. You know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm. It's not my favorite go-to racetrack, but that's not to say we won't see some good racing. Because I know several years ago, I remember there was a, a, a duel between but, Kurt Busch and uh, uh, I think Dale Jr. was up there. Chase was up there several years ago. And it was one heck of a battle. Uh, in the closing laps. I think it was like 2017 or something like that. So, Oh, I remember that, but I don't remember who was involved. So, you know, there, there's nothing to say it's, it won't be an exciting race. It's just that in previous, you know, at least in the last couple of years, not to say something about the 80s or 90s, Pocono, whatever, um, it's just not been one of my favorite racetracks personally. So we'll see. We'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll see how it happens. Um, you know, I think with the package they've got now, uh, it's definitely going to be 
different than we've seen in the past because I think for the most part, most racetracks you've seen this year uh, race differently than they have in the past. You compare Dover 2019 and Dover 18. Compare Charlotte 19 to Charlotte 18. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, all these different tracks. So you're going to see probably something different. Just don't know what. It might be better, might be worse. Who knows? Uh, you know, regardless, always looking forward to another uh, bit of racing on TV and um, see what we can do from there. Yeah, I hope you get to watch it. Cody, are you finished now? Have we finished what we're talking about? Uh, sure, yeah. All right, I mean, all, that's, I all right, let me uh, sign the show off. You hang on because I need to talk to you in private. For a minute. All right. So let me sign the show off and then hang on. I'll be right with you. All right. Thank you all for tuning in, every one of you. We love the people that listen to this show and all of our shows that we do here on iCast Media. Next week on the spotlight is going to shine on Perry Allen Wood, who is not a racer, but who writes about racers and has just released his book on Neil Soapy Castles, which is absolutely a, a awesome look into the life of Neil Soapy Castles. And here we go again. We're saying thanks to all of our military and their families, whether they're serving here at home or around the world, to ensure our freedom. Thank you also to all first responders who so many times put their lives in jeopardy to protect us. God bless them, everyone. We are here each Tuesday and Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We examine the future of motorsports on Tuesday and the history on Thursdays. All shows are archived within minutes of their conclusion and can be heard at any time. You can email me at timleeming at ghosttracks.racing. Follow me on Twitter at timleeming83 and find me on Instagram as timleeming. Remember, here at iCast Media Network, we honor the past, embrace the present, and dream for the future. Love you all. God bless us, everyone. The preceding was a production of the iCast Media Network. Good night, all.